welcome back to the Sister Brunch podcast with me, Fanchon Cox. Now, Anya is still off being a badass director, and we will miss her so much. We can't wait for her to be back, but I promise she'll be back soon. Sister Brunch is a podcast about Black women and non-binary folks striving and thriving in media, entertainment, and the arts. And we are so grateful and proud to be bringing you all of their stories. Today's guest is Taylor K. Shaw. Now, Taylor is the CEO and founder of Black Women Animate, which she created in 2017 after noticing the lack of opportunities for Black women in animation. Ooh, tell me about it. I I can't wait to dive into that and talk about all you're doing to change that. The company produces original content, offers production services, and trains and develops talent, all with the primary goal of lifting up women and non-binary storytellers of color. The company has created successful digital and television campaigns for the likes of Hulu, A&E, Warner Media. I'm going to add Pearl Street Films and Trujillo in there because we're working on stuff together. It has also done 2D and 3D TV development work for MTV Studios and Hello Sunshine, along with contributing to TV shows airing on both Hulu and Netflix. Taylor is also a writer, and through DEI Consulting, she strengthens the cultural capital of socially conscious brands. She's a 2021 Forbes 30 Under 30 honoree and a 2021 Shadow and Act Rising Executive Award winner. Oh my goodness. Welcome, Taylor. Wow, Fashion, thanks so much for having me. You did the long bio. (laughs) Hey, listen, we didn't want to miss a beat. And that's the thing is that, especially when we have guests like you that can inspire our listeners to know all of the things that they can do, especially at your age. I mean, I hope that's not ageist to say, but I'm like, it's amazing everything you're doing. So- we thank had to you. Call no, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. And I don't think that's ageist at all. I think what I have been able to accomplish is really a testament, honestly, to community and what happens when folks pour into, you know, anyone, um, but especially, you know, a young Black woman um, who has some dreams, who is like, hey, I want to do this. And for folks to rally around my vision, it really this company, BWA, everything that I do, I mean, it's all about community. And so I think pointing out my age is a big plus. Thank you to the folks who actually helped me get here and and ground me in, in the work. I love it. I'll say a quick thank you also to Cheryl Bedford, who initially introduced us. And and speaking of community, she runs Women of Color Unite, and that's where so many of us have been able to find each other and connect. All right. So Taylor, take us back as far as you want to, to kind of how this whole trajectory started. How did you end up where you are today? Wow. Wow. Um, Okay. I'll take you back to me being in journalism school. Back in that day, I thought I wanted to be a talk show host. (laughs) (laughs) And um, and then, you know, years go by and I, I started to realize like, oh, but what what stories are getting picked? Oh, the producer decides Mm. that. So then I started looking behind the scenes and I was thinking, okay, I want to decide you know what stories are getting picked for Mm. for the news 
And then I went on this sabbatical, if you will, this residency to South Africa. I had that opportunity when I was in journalism school. Wow. And my desire to be a journalist quickly kind of dissipated <laughs> because I was in South Africa in Johannesburg. And I noticed that just like in the U.S., the people in positions of power at the news station is huge. I mean, this huge organization within um, South Africa, they were all white. Mm. Um, all of the executives are white, but we are in South Africa where the majority <laughs> of the population is right. black. Right. So from there, I was like, okay, journalism is not really the way for me because this isn't how I want to tell stories. I want to tell them more in depth. I want to be able to fully paint black folks as three-dimensional characters. So that landed me hustling in Chicago and Atlanta, trying to make it in TV and film. Okay. Um, I ended up on some TV sets and I wasn't seeing, you know, I was on a show actually that had a black lead made by a black woman who the executives behind the team was mostly mm. white folks. Mm. And so I was actually surprised. I mean, I know everybody listening here is a lot of folks are in the industry. And so people are like, oh, duh. But at that time yeah. I was fresh out of college. I was like, wow, I can't believe this. Mm. And so I'm going to fast forward a bit, bit more and just say my journey has always been about making black women feel seen and like we can have a place in entertainment. Um, and so BWA again came organically in me creating a show about black women from the South side of Chicago, like myself, it's animated, um, it's satirical. And I'm like, okay, great. going to make this show, going to find some black women animators to make it happen. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy, no issues. <laughs> and it was hard. It was right. hard. And so the goal now of BWA is it's the same as it always has been since we started is to create a space where black women um, and non-binary folks of color can live and thrive as artists, can take on projects that they feel are reflective of who they are across the diaspora mm. in a place that is a healthy work environment for us to be able to just make dope stuff together. Yes, and so that's, and that's where do. my journey has taken me. <laughs> okay, let's talk specifically about animation and how one, you know, given your journey, given that that wasn't that initial spark for you in animation, how did you even have the confidence to know that this thing that you didn't have a lot of experience in, you could actually do? Yeah, I had zero experience, by the way, like not a little, I had none. <laughs> um, what gave me the confidence is love. Honestly, I do everything mm. out of love. That's yes. just who I am and what I'm about. And again, community. And so my confidence and spirit of like stick to itness and making mm. it happen mm. from nothing uh, really came from a place of this should exist. Why doesn't it? Somebody has to do it. It's, I guess it's got to be me. And again, not me alone. I don't, I'm not interested yes. in doing anything alone, yeah. but yeah, that it, the, really the love. And I mean, I do have a producing background, so I was able to utilize that. And myself as a creative, as a writer, I just have always had a love for animation and appreciation of all different kinds of art forms. And so for me, what I look for in art is heart. I like to say that I look for versatility in voice. And, mm -hmm. you know, the animation that we are, the artists that we look to hire, anybody that I'm really working with. Um, and so if I feel something from the work, if I feel like it connects to the story that we're looking to tell or our clients looking to tell, then I can kind of just go from there. So instincts have been huge for mm -hmm. me. Creative instincts have really helped me get here. And again, like collaborating 
with other brilliant minds like our uh, managing partner, Jayla Calderon, um, yes. and a lot of the executives Shout now that work with us at BWA. Yeah, yeah Jayla. The executives we have too that we work with, our senior consultant, Sydney Clifton, and um, an EP on the commercial side, Priya Desai. And our core team, I'm shouting out too, because Please. really they all bring uh, their own creative prowess and genius to the work. Will you talk a little bit more about Sydney Clifton and any other kind of Black women who are in animation that we know have not kind of had the spotlight that, that you know, folks don't know about? Uh, Sydney, she deserves the spotlight. She <laughs> yes. is amazing. Yes. I, you only know her name if you know, you know, and that's right. That has to change. Yes. But from day one, I actually remember in 2017 when I received that first email from Sydney. And we weren't a company yet. We were uh, actually a collective. And Sydney emailed and said, what can I do to support mm. this movement? Uh, and that's, that's, know, that's how it happened, that she that's how learned about you and she reached out to you. Yeah, and she reached out. And she has been that person for us since that time. She has over, I think, 20 years of experience in animation, which, you know, how many Black women do you know that actually have that? Uh, Her experience also expands beyond animation. But Sydney is, uh, as I talk about community and the people that have that continue to pour into uh, BWA and myself, she is a grounding that and yes. she's been a mainstay when it's very hard for black women in animation to be mainstays and so her just grounded energy is something that we lean on and her expertise just got an email from her you know this morning around like solution building on how we continue mm-hmm. to scale and grow team sydney's there and and working yeah she's she's yes, doing amazing yeah, things she has her be. own yeah, yeah, she has a lot going. And and we'll mention only because I think it's relevant on this podcast, but this doesn't take anything away from her fabulousness. She is the daughter of Lucille Clifton. So it is just this, I had the opportunity to um, have kind of a, an animation 101 with you all, and I'm so grateful. And it is exactly what you said, her nurturing, her kind of caring about the community is beautiful. And she's an expert. And again, a name that is not broadly known, but will be for sure and deserves to be. So I just love it. I also wanted to see if you want to talk about J. Love Calderon because she's such a good example of an ally. And when you talk about, right, like how we get this work done with others. You know, we are certainly all about uplifting Black women, but like a lot of this, we can't always get done without some of that that love from allies. So I've, I don't know if you wanted to just talk a little bit about her and what she does too. Oh, absolutely. Um, J-Love is my heart and soul. I like to yes. call her my wing giver <laughs> for believing in me and like hitching her wagon to a 21-year-old who was like, I want to do this and uh, let's do it together. But J-Love actually, she actually calls herself an accomplice. Nice. Yeah, because yes. she's about it. And when it comes down to it, like she's getting arrested like with you. Yep. It's not just like, oh, wow, yep. that was wrong. Like, no, I'm right here present with you. And so, you know, J-Love's accomplishment, we, it's so funny, pre-pandemic, we were like, we should really do more talks around our dynamic and how it is that she actually shows up as an accomplice because what it requires is for her to actually prop up me and my dreams mm. a lot more than maybe even her own. Yes. And I think in our dynamic, what I understand also is my responsibility is like, yes, this is where we are 
now and we will continue to put BWA first, our team, make sure it grows in a sustainable and healthy way. And I also want to make sure that J-Love is seen and honored and acknowledged for for her work in uplifting and supporting us. So thanks so much for asking about her. But I think with accomplishment, what a lot of folks should recognize is just because you are um, not at the forefront, just because you are being of service to the movement does not mean that you are necessarily erased or excluded. Mm. It doesn't Mm. mean that. I think when people think about inclusion, they think about exclusion, exclusion Mm. of white males. It's like, no, there's the table needs to grow and expand. Mm. And J-Love understands that. So the ego is removed. Mm. And then I think for me as a leader and a CEO, when I think about how accomplices work with us, I also do consider really how I can support her, but also she's always looking to put BWA first. So Mm. it's a really interesting and I think fresh way of working. I mean, Mm. we're a business. Um, Maybe Mm -hmm. you will find this maybe more in the nonprofit space. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. But I do want us to keep talking more about our relationship because I would love to see more Black women especially be getting this kind of support from white people. This is Sister Brunch with Banshin Cox. Stay tuned for more of our conversation with our incredible guest, the multi-talented Taylor K. Shaw. We're back. Check out more of our conversation with Taylor K. Shaw. We've talked about love and community. So now I'm going to be careful entering into this question because I like to give the listeners some heads up on barriers that might, that are out there as well and how to navigate those barriers. So what is it like for you to be a Black woman, a young Black woman at that, who's you know got all of the dreams and the drive that you have and still there are barriers? So do you want to talk about some of those and how you navigate them? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. One big barrier is that, you know, Black women founded businesses are, nobody was throwing money at me. Like mm-hmm. we are mm-hmm. still totally self-funded. Wow. So we bootstrapped this company. So that's one barrier. I mean, uh, money. Another being belief. I mean, when you mm-hmm. don't have the resources mm-hmm. to create the proof of concepts that you would like, and you're just asking people to trust your taste and that you know in your heart of hearts and in your mind that this is important, necessary, and also going to change the game. I mean, it's a hard sell. Um, it, it can be. I, I, it's not a hard sell for me, but for this industry, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, right, right. You're so, right. We get it. Right, totally. So we actually had a company that we work with now, a studio, tell us someone there, tell us, you know, our company will never work for you, work with you. <sighs> because of the name of your company. Wow. <laughs> so we will never work with you because the name of your company is Black Women Anime. It's too divisive. Mm. Yeah, we oh, work with them now. But... <laughs> and now you work with them, right? No. Yeah, now we work with them. Yep. Yes. Yeah, because yep. the shift is happening. I mean, I'm, that's yes. why I'm so happy to be talking with y'all at Sister Brunch. It's, it's happening, but it Oof. takes us like just being 
steadfast in knowing the importance of just like our predecessors. What my thinking is not new, um, but I think mm. what has really worked for me is that I am a straight shooter. And so with the company being yes, named, yeah, with it being but you, named. But you, you do it with a smile. And I'm not saying everybody <laughs> needs to do it with a smile, but there is something special <laughs> about your delivery of it. And again, no tone policing whatsoever. Like yeah. everybody needs to do it the way that is good for their self-care. But your approach to it, I can see that kind of helping out in some cases when folks are fearful or whatever, when they say things like, we'll never work with you because you're divisive, right. you know, yeah. Yeah, I think my smile is that confidence we were talking about earlier, mm. the confidence that is going to happen with or without you. And I think that's the yes. attitude that we have to have. It's like you either want to work with us or you don't. Yes. But the people that work at BWA, the people who who have similar dreams to mine, like like we going to make it happen. Yes, with or without you. Right. The liberation of Black folks has been happening and we're going to keep making it happen. So it's either you want to work with us or you don't. But if you don't now, the cost goes up when you come back <laughs> there two you years go. later. The price is very different. Yep. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love and it. So, yeah. And so I just really try to, I mean, there are a ton of barriers. Um, so I try to keep a cool head and remain calm. And in this phase that we're at, I'm just really focused on building the work culture that pushes up against the industry, which I think is a challenge because people aren't used to stepping into a work environment where it's like, oh, I care about you and your feelings. Mm. We don't want to be like every other Hollywood company. We mm. actually want people to have a healthy work-life balance. And we want, Good. and so that's what we're oh, working towards and working on every day. And so doing that work, it is a challenge because people are like, oh, is this really like this safe of an environment? And so that's, that's a challenge I think for me as a, but I'm a happy challenge I think to mm. have is to let people know like, this is not, a game like this is serious i had one we we used to work with one woman and we're having like a deeper conversation on how we could work with together and and she was like i'm just wondering like when the two white guys and suits are gonna come out of the corner and be like this is a, a drill like this is not real and i'm like no this is actually real like j love and right. i are these people who do yes. care yes. and want to do things differently oh I love it. Okay. So you talked a little bit about work, culture, and environment. Can you take us through a business day, a work day in the life of Taylor K. Shaw? Woo. <laughs> <laughs> so what's interesting is that Finch and I spent the last couple of years, and we'll keep you know, uh, spending time really prioritizing BWA and making sure that it can be the equity blueprint that I would like for mm -hmm. it to be for the industry. Um, yes. And- as we encourage everybody that actually works uh, at BWA to do is I am also really focused this, this year on maintaining my own creativity Good. and writing a ton. Yes. Um, and I think yes. that really just helps. It helps. Of course it helps me as an artist feel fulfilled and it also helps the company. Cause if that's how I'm spending my time you know, being creative, it lends itself to the company. And also I hope yes. that energy reverberates to the people that work at BWA. So my days are split between meetings with team, with potential clients and partners and writing. And so I spend about like uh, on average, I mean, you got to take a break sometimes from the writing, but on average, like uh, maybe like 20 hours a week. 
Wow. Oh my really goodness. working Good. to on um, writing. And sometimes, you know, I'm in a workshop that happens every other week. That's a few hours. I was mm-hmm. in a writing class that I just wrapped up. And then on the BWA front, always available and just really making sure that my team has what they need. So that's over the next few months is we're, we're prepping ourselves to be able to take on more team. And so we're looking at our systems and how we can just continue to improve them so we can welcome new people with open arms and yes. also take on all of this work because the demand is really there. It's a good point because, you know, one of the one of the things that the industry saw very clearly during the pandemic was that animation was the only, you know, piece of the entertainment industry that just kept going and not only just kept going, grew, right? Because you didn't have the same kind of physical in real life restrictions that you have on set. So did you see that? And of course, then there were the, you know, protests against police brutality and violence and murder. And did you see a shift due to those things that just kind of happened as you were also forming this business? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Growing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. animation was the only thing that we could do. And post George Floyd, everybody wanted to hire Black people. Right. Um, so we all know and tell more Black stories. So that's mm-hmm. great. So you know, we did um, get a lot more business because of that in 2022, 2021, mm-hmm. because of both of those factors. Do you see that pandemic. waning now? Do you see folks being like, all right, you had your moment, we're going to move on, or is it still moving? Right. I think because our team is so great and we did such great work in those years, the demand is still there and yes. folks want to build with us at a greater scale. The partners that we have, they want to like continue doing more and more projects with us. And then there's always new folks that want to work with us. Mm. Animation, I think, isn't really going anywhere. Animation is just growing Mm. and growing and growing. And I think we are benefiting from the moment that we're in with just like, I mean, I know some studios are trying to put out a crazy amount of animated kids features and shows every year. So yeah, I think we're benefiting from this, the streaming era mm-hmm. and how, mm-hmm. you know, folks need content, 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 or they want yep. content, content, content. And so we, we've been blessed, really blessed in that way. Mm-hmm. We, we have, we haven't had to go out and pitch our, our services yet, um, which we would like to be able to do. But I just share that to really say that once you find your niche and you're intentional with it, like build it and they will come. We just put our head down and we do the work. And that's really what BWA I wanted to continue to be about because mm-hmm. even, you know, in that post, uh, George Floyd, some of the people that were reaching out to us is like, okay, why do you want to work with us? Mm-hmm. No, we're not going to, your values gonna aren't your token. Yep. and not yep. interested in being your token. Mm-hmm. We were able to suss out who actually, who do we actually want to build with? So we're also selective and who we you choose were to in the position because- to say no. And that is a beautiful yeah. thing that again, yeah. like back to the idea of community, it's because of all the work of all this community that we are now in the position to be able to go back and say, no, we don't align Absolutely. with our principles and values. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I want to point out at that point, that is not because we had, we're rolling in the cash right. at that time. It's no. because I put our values first. Ooh. And I think that's important yes. to share. Again, we are totally self-funded. So for us, like every dollar does count. So if I'm saying no to, you know, the biggest social media platform that's mm-hmm. out there is mm-hmm. because like long-term, mm-hmm. this is not the right move for our company. Mm-hmm. 
Kay, it's Fanchon, and you're listening to Sister Brunch. We'll be right back. And if you haven't done this already, we would love it if you would follow us on Twitter at Sister Brunch, on Instagram at Sister Brunch Podcast, and you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sister Brunch Podcast. Go ahead and leave us a comment on any of those socials. Slide in the DMs. Share your news with us. We want to hear what you're up to. We want to hear if you have guest ideas. We want to know if you want to be a guest. Let us know who you are, and we want to celebrate all your hard work with you. Taylor, since you've mentioned a couple times that you're self-funded, which is, I mean, just let me say, my goodness. And it, not not to say it's something we should strive for, because folks should be fun- funding us, right? And yeah. at the same, same time, <laughs> it reflects what we're capable of. Are you able to comfortable with talking about salary ranges? Like given that, what what are you able to kind of survive on or thrive on? What do animators make just for our listeners to know if this is an industry or part of the industry they want to enter into? Mm. Are there kind of salary ranges you're able to talk about to just mm-hmm. have them be more informed? Yeah, um, I think that's a little challenging for me to talk about because a part of my politic is making sure that Black women get paid. Yep. And so I think we probably pay people definitely on par, but I try to pay people a bit more if I can. Again, like I said, we're so funded. So I try to pay them a bit more. So I'm not sure if I can provide like you know, ranges for folks. It, it really depends also on their animation. is so nuanced. It depends on skill set and just, you know, right. different companies do different things. There is an animation guild as well that folks can look into and Perfect. see about those rates. If you're breaking in, I think it's always good to just think about as for all artists is just what's a living wage? What can you live on? And then hopefully you can ask for a bit a bit more than that. I started this company when I was a production assistant and I made 50K and I was putting most of my money into the company. So I was just like bare minimum expenses in 50K in New York. But I do know actually another organization that's doing a white paper on these rates. And I'll share that resource because I think they're working on it right now and they're going to put it out. Great. We'll share that. And, and again, I think going to the guilds, of course, for animation, there's the, you know, there's the writer's guild and the animators guild. I didn't know you all have one too. So that's great. Those are great places to go and just look at the rates so that, you know, you've got a starting point for negotiations even, or, or a way to budget for, for what your future might look like. Taylor, we're coming to the end. Do you have any kind of general advice for our listeners? You've given so much already, but anything that you want to make sure you end with. And also, how can we support you, support your work? Uh, Yeah, advice. My advice would be to follow both your head and your heart and allow them to communicate with each Mm -hmm. other. That's something that I've been really working on and trying to break down these barriers. You know, I've done so much with my head and I have chronic migraines. I think a part of that is that my head is doing too much work. So I've really been working on dropping into my body and speaking from the heart and letting the heart make more decisions. So my recommendation for folks is to pay more attention to your heart. Also, it it never really steers you too wrong. Um, Use the head to still just both. And then create, 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 you know, it's the journey is long. Nothing happens 
happens in a day. Nothing's happened for us in a day. The things we have going now, really the seeds were planted when we started. There were some dry years and I'm sure in the future there's going to be time things are dry and there's going to be times when things are just flourishing. That's just life. So I think if you create, 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 and you believe in what you're making, your spirit can be full even as you wait. Oh my goodness. Ooh. (laughs) Thank you so much, Taylor, for being here, for taking the time out of your very busy day to spend with us here on Sister Brunch. And we are sending all big love to your head and your heart (laughs) as you move forward. We got you, sister. We got you. Thank you so much, sister. Thank you for listening to Sister Brunch with me, Fanchon Cox, and usually with my fabulous co-host, Anya Adams. This was our conversation with Taylor K. Shaw. Visit sisterbrunch.com so you can find out more about Taylor and how to support all her upcoming projects. You can follow us on Instagram at Sister Brunch Podcast. Guess what? We are also on Twitter. Yes, we are at Sister Brunch. And we are on Facebook, probably for the older folks. I'm certainly there. It's where I am most of the time. Facebook.com slash Sister Brunch Podcast. Got any questions for our Ask Sister Brunch segment? Well, then you can visit sisterbrunch.com. You can fill out our questions form and we may just read your question and even answer it on the air. Also, make sure to sign up for our monthly newsletter. You're going to get job tips, viewing recommendations, and a whole lot more. Please also, if you can, we so appreciate this. If you subscribe to the podcast, rate the podcast, share the podcast, wherever you listen to this podcast, we deeply appreciate your support in helping us spread the word about these incredible women that we get to talk to and share it with you. Our senior producer is Sonata Lee Narciss. Our show producer is Brittany Turner, and our executive producer is Christabel and Sia Bwadi. We acknowledge that the land we record our podcast on is the original land of the Tongva people for those of us in Los Angeles. We cannot wait to share more of these wonderful, amazing women with you. Take good care, everybody.